Look alive, sunshine. The question is not when you're gonna stop, but who is gonna stop it. The electric centaur, the democrat, the revolution will not be televised. I'm with us now on a journey through time and space. Right, that's actually uh that's actually not this show. That's the Mighty Boosh. It's a different show. This show is the Grindhouse Podcast. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode. We have a lot of cool stuff to get into today. It might be a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, uh, unfortunately, I thought I was going to have a little bit more time off than I'm getting from work. Uh, but, you know, it's not a bad thing. A lot of people are, are not as lucky. To be able to stay as gainfully employed. So I'm appreciative of the opportunity to work on some really cool projects that will be coming out in really short succession. So um, hopefully within the next couple weeks, maybe month or so, I'll be able to let you know some of the projects that I've been working on over the last year. That you guys can check out for yourself and kind of see what I do on my day job. But um, in the interim, it's a little bit of a late night on a Monday. So I thought I'd do... Little talk about our witch tournament, which I know you guys have been so great about following along and participating and, and making it what it is, letting us know which movies that you prefer, especially as we're like now we're in mid September. Before you know it, right around the corner is October. Uh, and, and watching a witch movie is one of those time held, honored, you know, traditions. That, that people love, that sort of signify when that turn of the year becomes. You know, today is Mabon, and for those of you who celebrate, it's the time of the year where the where the day and night is at its most equal. And after today, we'll start going into further and further nights. So what better way to celebrate this darker, spookier season than with a good witch movie? And you guys... You know, you've done a great job about letting us know which ones that you think are the best ones. And I'm, I gotta say, last week, uh, the Incantation, which is our frequent collaborator Jude Walko's film, his first feature film, going against, uh, went against Gretel and Hansel, which is a pretty, it's, it's cinematically, it's a gorgeous film, and it got quite a bit of buzz, although not quite as much buzz as like. It may have gotten that if, say, the production label behind it was A24 instead of Orion. Still, quite a bit of buzz. And and by all accounts online, at least as far as critics are concerned, something of a darling. Um, but we're not we're not catering to uh, critics. You, you, our audience, are the ones whose voices matter, not some someone writing a review or, or posting an article. And you have voted, and the results are in. And I, I have to say, I think even Jude would be a little bit surprised, but the incantation, 30 votes to 23 votes, did beat Gretel and Hansel to advance in our Supreme Witch Tournament. So congratulations, Jude. You have survived one round. Let's see what uh, what lies ahead in the semifinals. So we're out of round one. Uh, we've eliminated our first batch of movies, that, which are great in and of themselves. But now it's time to move on, start putting winner against winner. So the first battle in our semifinals will be The Witch versus Hocus Pocus. And I think this is a tough one because, because you know, thematically, they're completely different films, right? Mood-wise, they're like one's a comedy, one's a straight horror 
sort of drama. They couldn't be more different in every way. But The Witch is a very beloved movie currently. But so is Hocus Pocus for those people who um, really have fond memories of watching that growing up, you know. And there's a lot of people who also don't love The Witch as much as myself. There's a lot of people who thought it was slow or, you know, it didn't appeal to them for one reason or another. So I don't think this is a gimme for The Witch. I think that this is going to be a really tough matchup. And we'll see. We'll see what you guys think. We'll see which of the two movies you think is the most supreme witch movie. Um, but I'll look ahead as well. I'll look ahead and let you guys know what to expect. So round one this week will be The Witch versus Hocus Pocus. Then uh, the next week we're going to do The Craft versus The Witches of Eastwick. Followed by Rosemary's Baby versus Eve's Bayou. And then we'll see if the incantation can carry on its Cinderella story if and only if it can come up uh, victorious over Black Sunday which is a, a classic horror film so really great matchups coming up this week it's The Witch versus Hocus Pocus remember there's two ways to vote go to the Slasher app see the post and just vote in the comments let them know which movie you think is the best witch movie and also go check out their app the slasher app if you're missing those horror conventions if you're tired of being at home if you're looking to have some real community amongst uh, other fans of horror and maybe twitter just isn't doing it for you because there's just too much high school drama i recommend checking out the slasher app everyone there seems to be very very chill just lovers of like true lovers of horror um it's a good place and there's good people so check out the app and check them out on Instagram at the Slasher app and vote for which movie, The Witch or Hocus Pocus, you think is the best. And then go over to Grindhouse Podcast. In our stories every day, I'll post a poll of the two movies and you vote. And you can vote as many times as you want uh, in the stories. So, you know, if you have a big ground swelling, if you've got that, that grassroots support, you may be able to utilize it to see yourself succeed and move on to another round. So... Thank you guys again for voting, participating, being a part of it. Let us know what you like. What is, let us know if you feel like one of these movies that's advancing, you know, they're the, their victims, the, 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 the movies that they defeated were robbed. Let us know that. Let us, let us know if you think the fix is in. I promise you it's not. But we're, we're interested in how we can do this differently or better or more excitingly. So always feel free to reach out to us. Now, Transitioning a little bit away from horror movies, I saw a, a series recently, and um, it's not you know it's it's really, I think it came out this year's, but and it's one of those things that I I think caught on fire, but I didn't quite get like the the claim that say like a Tiger King did or at least the notoriety. But it's the Midnight Gospel. It's a new animated show on Netflix by Duncan Trussell, the comedian, and it is. Man, it is cool. It is a cool series. You know, obviously, if you have followed this show at all, you've realized that, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the weird. You know, when filmmakers take chances, when filmmakers break some rules in a a clever, interesting way, you know, the the wackier, the more unsettling a movie is, I get into that. That's, That's the kind of stuff I'm drawn to. You know, I, you know, Scream is one of my favorite movies, so I like a straightforward slasher as well. But like, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've really come to appreciate stranger films, like like a Tusk, for example, or a Mandy, or um, 
you know, the the new Nick Cage movie where he beats up animatronics inside of a, a kid's casino rat hotel. Um, you know, like I, I like strange choices in films, but um, and so when I see other genres taking those same weird chances, I get really drawn to that stuff and. And I and when when these kind of shows or movies push the envelope, it keeps that little glimmer of hope that indie spirit and that artistic filmmaking can survive. When you every time you see a movie like The Lighthouse, which we just talked about, do as well as it did, you you realize that there's like some there's some glimmer of hope that filmmaking hasn't been completely devoured. By you know the, the the comic book franchise films and the constant reboots. So, what makes this show so weird? Well, at first glance, it would just look like a stoner film, right? You know, it looks like a film you'd watch or a series you'd watch when you're on LSD. One one of those like you know Adult Swim's kind of wacky, irreverent cartoons. Uh, but it's it's a lot more than that. I mean, the visuals certainly give themselves to that. Um, a cl- that classic LSD art that was really popular in the 60s but with a slightly modern feel to it like it definitely leans into that and and the strangeness of what is happening on screen within the animation is I mean it's just odd it's crazy it's out there it's as nonsensical as you can possibly imagine and if you watched just for the visual aspect alone I think you'd come away pretty happy. Certainly, if you're under the uh, influence of any of the designed um, um, pharmaceuticals, you're definitely going to probably get into it and then find it entertaining. But that's that's really the charm of this series: is that it takes those visuals, it takes that that audience that is that's coming because they think they're in for some sort of trippy drug effect, and it introduces them to uh, everything from uh, magic to the darkness of the soul to reincarnation to the pros and cons of psychedelics. Um, So many random, different, deep conversations that maybe the average person doesn't necessarily have every day or, or especially when we're in quarantine, you might not have the ability to you know, commune with your friends and have those deep life discussions. This show finds a way to introduce that either back or maybe for the first time into your life in a manner that doesn't feel dull or boring or preachy, you know. So if you're not familiar, Duncan Trussell has a podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, I believe. And he's a comedian, right? And what he's done on some of these podcasts uh, you can tell that Duncan Trussell has something of a spiritual background himself, or certainly a spiritual interest, and a lot of his guests tend to lean in that direction. And so, what he did, you know, it used to be in the olden days, like if you're a comedian, your goal was to get on Letterman, you know, or or the Tonight Show. And nowadays, it feels like for a comedian, the sort of uh, selection of of achievement is getting your own Netflix special. You know, I guess back in the day, maybe like, you know, you'd have those comedians who would get like an HBO special, like a, a George Carlin. But 
not on the same level of frequency that Netflix does. So that's like a big accomplishment. And I think so the average comedian who gets approached to do some sort of special with Netflix is probably going to lean into like a stand-up show, right? Or maybe maybe sketch comedy, but but typically it's a stand-up hour. What Duncan Trussell did was so brilliant because what he took he did is he took aspects of his podcast that existed already and he used those conversations to be the framework of each episode. So, you know, it, within the series as a, a sort of an alien human guy, his name is Clancy, and he's got a simulator and he's able to pick simulations of different variations of the world and then when he's transported into this sort of interdimensional earth, he comes across all kinds of wacky situations, hence the animation. And he'll come across one to two people who offer some sort of philosophical insight on things, be them, say, Dr. Drew, who comes on to weigh in on um, the effects of plant medicine and, uh, and psychedelics, right? Or uh, Damien Eccles, uh, someone whom I've mentioned on this show many times, who I'm a big supporter of uh, and and student of, um, you know him being portrayed as a a fishbowl human, you know talking about ceremonial magic and the role it's had over time and and how that ties into the Bible and the way the Bible was written, in fact, uh, in some sort of like code. These are the kind of conversations that are had over these um, these animations right these crazy animations and so you know you can be you can be lost completely in the visual aspect of the show but then almost subconsciously find yourself drawn into the conversation and and maybe even if some of it goes over your head I think it resonates enough that you get a you get yourself asking that same question, right? Or pondering it, uh, mulling it over, trying to come to your own conclusion. And you find yourself doing that for almost every episode. It just gets, you get drawn further and further into these these concepts that are being explored. And, and more importantly, I think the idea of exploring those concepts, you know, not just living idly, not just going with the flow, but actively asking the questions of who we are, why are we here, what is my purpose? And so this show, especially in the earlier episodes, really through all of it, does an excellent job of, of making you part of that conversation in a way that maybe, like I said earlier, you may not have ever had. Or maybe you haven't had in a long time or because you're in quarantine, you're not having. But it reintroduces those like existential questions in a manner that like makes you feel inspired, makes you feel happy, I think. you know, that, Which is not to say every episode is happy. Far from it. In fact, um, you know, without ruining too much, the final episode is probably the most poignant. It's the episode that um, will leave you feeling appreciative but miss but you know maybe a little melancholy uh maybe uplifted as well but certainly i think sublime melancholy would be the best way to sort of describe that and and yet um there's still this come away feeling that makes you feel like you're better having seen that you know having come out the other side even in those moments that get a bit dark 
even in those moments that really make you question aspects of yourself that might even be uncomfortable, face things that might be uncomfortable, like our own mortality. You know, you know, even those episodes that bring you face to face with the things that you really just don't feel like you want to have to deal with, it does so in a manner that still makes you feel like you gain something from it and that you feel a deeper connection in a way that maybe you hadn't in a long time. That's that's the to me what is really the essence of the of the magic of that series. Why I think it, it's um, so cool that that Duncan Trussell was able to do that because uh, there's just nothing out there like that. You know, there's there's plenty of series that that go out there and they do the sort of psychedelic thing or the weird thing, you know, like Adult Swim, and uh, and that's cool and all, but very. Very few of them combine the the look and the vibe and the energy with something actually kind of meaningful and important to talk about. Um, you know, a, a series that can do that, that can introduce ideas to you that are have significance, but do so in a manner that is so entertaining that it doesn't feel like a burden to undertake and to understand. That's 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 a rare quality, and that's something that the uh, Duncan Trussell's The Midnight Gospel does absolutely in spades it's so good it's so well crafted together um i definitely recommend watching it uh, in any state of consciousness that you choose to do so and and really appreciate that you know for all intents and purposes a very artistic choice uh still has the ability to see not only see the light of day but you know gain an audience and and reach a broad audience because uh too infrequently we see that um, that uh, you know most most art pieces are relegated to the the most smallest nooks and crannies of existence. So good to see this show get such a good placement. Uh, I recommend everyone see it. I give it five tusk easily, easily. It's so great. Watch it um, and enjoy it, and let us know what you took away from that. What your um, what you, which, how, how good you think the show is, or not? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally off base on it. But um, I enjoyed it greatly. I thought it was really awesome, and it really got me thinking. Like, you know, what are some new and different ways that we as filmmakers can introduce value into our filmmaking? You know, not just, you know, not just making something because it fits neatly in the genre or it's it's interesting or engaging, but actually something profound, you know, something that makes you question and think about and, and dig deep within the very fabric of what makes you you, you know. Um, and and again, in, in the medium of film, that's pretty rare. You know, there's a movie that I've mentioned on this show before, A Dark Song, which I want to do a... Um, more proper review of in the in the coming weeks but you know that is a that's a movie that has that exists within the genre of horror and yet it found a way to again address a really profound thought in in our you you the viewers the audience's head obviously i just talked about how the midnight gospel does that as well in, in a more obvious way maybe but what is it as filmmakers, we can do to introduce a little bit more like 
spirituality into projects, you know. And again, I'm not saying necessarily religious or anything, but like philosophy, uh, existentialism. Like, is it, you know, like I don't think it has to necessarily be an art house film to undertake that. I think that you can absolutely tell compelling, engaging, you know, genre-oriented uh, movie making, and still have an element within it that is that feels a little bit more uh, worldly and and um, introspective than just you know your sort of standard morality tale, especially within the genre of horror, which is has you know traditionally always been something of a um, morality tell you know good arises and uh, or sorry evil arises and the wicked are punished and the good ones the pure ones they escape right and it, it, that's very much the especially when you talk about like the slasher genre but um, you know a movie I think that 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 has always to me been a film that that introduced sort of existential themes into their into the filmmaking process was like Hellraiser for example it's not simply like demons come down and chase you it was really a a deeper story of you know obsession and lust and uh, being insatiable and the dangers of that and there was there was a lot of there's a lot of layers in that film that some people might view today as slow, certainly not for its time, and I think though it's a classic for a reason. But you know, it's it doesn't have that jump scare factor that you see now in a lot of like the in the Conjuring universe, where it's a lot of you know, it's, it's a certain kind of effect that's put on it to make you jump. But these were these were scares of a different nature, you know, and of a different time. And um, and I wonder why we don't see a little bit more of that in horror because it feels like such a fertile ground for asking some questions about what life is and what it all means within the context of the horror genre, you know, and do it in a way that's that's compelling enough to get noticed because at the end of the day, it's really what will allow your film to reach the audience that you want it to, to have the effect you want it to. So... I think as filmmakers, you know, when I'm watching shows like The Midnight Gospel or, you know, even Mandy, for example, it, it makes me really feel like one thing that could really continue to be injected into the horror genre is taking it and and ask some questions that might come off as existential in day to day, but you weave it into your story so that your audience member comes away from it with a deep, deep unsettledness that will stay with them and that will ultimately make your film feel like a classic. So from one filmmaker to another, uh, I implore you guys to look into that when you're writing your stories and see see how it shapes it, see what comes forward uh, from it. Maybe you'll find that Introducing some of those spiritual existential questions might actually get those creative juices going and the scariest, most creepy stuff is what comes out. Who knows? You won't know until you try. I think that's going to be it for this evening. I think we're going to call this one a short one. Remember to vote at our Supreme Witch Contest and um, let us know which movie you think is best, The Witch or Hocus Pocus. 
You can go to the Slasher app. You can go to our Grindhouse podcast Instagram. And remember to let us know which which movie you like the best, which one that you think should advance. And let us know if you wanted us to do a tournament down the line or if there's other some other sort of social engagement that we could do you we could do with you with the audience because at the end of the day that's who it's all for it's for you guys so thank you so much uh, i know this was a short one but got to get back to work so thank you guys for bearing with me check out duncan trussell's the midnight gospel it's awesome when you're sitting down you're writing your horror or what you demand from your horror try adding some deeper aspects you know t- take some philosophy and then and inject it in there and see if it doesn't actually make your horror scarier make it a little bit more um that deep-seated fear that sticks with you so thank you guys hope you have a great week hope you guys are enjoying this turn towards fall and until next time adios mm-hmm.